Welcome to episode two of our second season of the Retirement Podcast. I'm Mike Wallace. My name is John Sauger. So John, our, our last episode was was talking a little bit more about the, the whole holistic planning process in general. And But before we get into any of the other stuff that we're talking about here today, there has been some things been going on in our lives too, um, as far as business world is concerned, right? So um, why don't you give us a little bit of information about uh, what, what have you seen, in whether it's the marketplace or, or, or just some personal stuff? This time of year is interesting to me, and we're going to talk about this as far as in this episode, as far as w- reviews and conversation, but this is a good time of year. We we will put out a, a, a video recording or a, a recording of kind of what we see in the market, what we see in the economy, where we see things going. And, and this has been a a, a kind of a unique time, right? We were we were thinking we were going into potentially uh, some negative times, maybe even a recession, and now we're seeing that we might not be. So there's a lot of interesting components in the in the stock market itself that's been happening. So we've been we've been really focused on that this time of year as we build up towards the end of the year, making sure we're we're finishing out a, a, a strong year. So that's really what our focus has been. Well, it, it is kind of crazy because it was funny um, starting at the beginning of last year. You know, all these experts. Support Supposedly, economists, forecasters, et cetera, were talking about this, you know, in upcoming recession. And, and we had a pretty rough marketplace last year. And then the beginning of this year, um, people were, were just, it kept on being like six to 18 months where, you know, that this recovery is going to take and it's going to mm-hmm. take a little bit longer. And, but it, it just kind of cropped up you know, very almost quietly. Well, and, and it's interesting because that's a lot of the conversation. When you talk with families, you have to remind them that Wall Street and Main Street aren't always the same. You know, they don't always go in the same direction. There's sometimes a little bit of difference. And what we might learn from what somebody's feeling on Main Street might might spill over into Wall Street, but sometimes it's a totally different world. And, and, and our world has to focus on how Wall Street it's into their lives. And, and I think that's really important. Well, and it's funny too, because we, we read things oftentimes and you're right, the difference between Wall Street and Main Street when they do, especially when they do polls and things like that. And, you know, of course, politics is a whole different thing, but it's it's really been center of focus on the economy. But the fact is, you know, you they'll, they'll talk to some of the, the, the Main Street individuals and life is still good. You know, yeah. jobs markets are good. Not great, but not as bad as they predicted. Um, but there's still, you know, there's still some significant jobs out there. Um, inflation is semi under control, but but then still people have this bad opinion of the economy in general. You know, so it's so even though it may not affect their wallet as much, mostly interest rates, but it's positive and negative right, right. now. You know, well, and the, and there's always stuff on the horizon, right? There's always things you have to be paying attention to currently. Um, we're, we're, we're waiting to see what plays out. There's a lot of conversation, at least where we're recording this in the Metro Detroit area, there's a lot of conversation on the, the labor union discussion versus the big three automakers. And that's a big thing in, in, in this Southwest Michigan area. So we're even waiting to see how that plays out, but that dovetails into conversations. Well, does that come into context, context with a family you might be working with? Do we have to be prepared for that? Do we have to budget for that? Do we have to change investments for that, right? I mean, so there's all those types of things that, that, that we talk about on a regular basis. Yeah, it is a it is still amazing. And again, in south southeastern Michigan here with the auto, it's just, it, but it's national news. I was listening to the news this morning and, and it was the top um, news on the uh, whatever national program I was watching this morning. So it's not just local, you know, that affects the entire country. Well, and I find it's interesting because in, on, on my team, part of my job, part of my duties on our, on our wealth management team is, is to be 
paying attention to the current events. And so I, I, boy, the, the list of places that I read on a regular basis, you know, whether it's the wall street journal, the New York times, the Washington post, the BBC. I mean, when you look at, you have to look at an overall view. It is. It's when you see the stories that are in a local newspaper and then you see it in a, in a world you know, it, it, the BBC isn't even United States, right? British Broadcasting Company. So when you when you when you compare that component and you see stuff showing up even there, you think this is a major story. And and so those are the things that we sometimes look at this time of year. As far as well, we look at it all the time. But I can, but this time of year, we're always trying to look. How, how, how are we going to finish this year? Do we have any upcoming things, right? We still have a debt negotiation with, with Congress that's out there. We still have, you know, I mean, we still have all kinds of different things. So this time of year, we can talk about the personal stuff. Absolutely. You know, the, the kids getting back to school and I, I happen to be a big, uh, a, a big sports fan. So to me, this is football time. And then I'm a basketball, Love Love I'm it. a basketball <laughs> guy. Cause football means we're getting into the basketball season. So yeah. for me, I got the two different things. Like you said, it's golf and, and for us, all the outdoor activities are, are winding up, but on the financial side of it, or the job side of it, it's, it's all the current events and trying to pay attention to that stuff. Well, and what's crazy now is, you know, even though, you know, we look at the U S domestic market and then the international market and, and, but it's so blurred because even though these, let's say the auto companies are U S companies, they're international, right? right. Um, not only do they sell their products worldwide, but they have uh, divisions and they have plants in countries all over the world. Right. So what affects right. things, you know, suppliers all over the world. Sure. Right? So, so economies in Europe or, you know, South America can, can affect what's happening in this U S marketplace. So we really do have this true world economy and it's, uh, it's hard to, to balance that sometimes, but, uh, you know, again, we live in one of the best countries in the world, and so we're just happy to have this uh, be a part of this U.S. economy as well, and and that's the the primary focus in our business. Well, and I think that's a really good launch point for our conversation today. And, and the idea, as far as what do we discuss, what do we pay attention to, what do we do? So why don't you why don't you kind of give us a, a rundown into what we're going to talk about today? Yeah. So what we wanted to talk a little bit about today was. What does it look like, um, you know, when you're dealing with a holistic advisor, especially, um, or even if you're going into to meet with your advisor, you know, and, and depending on our clients' needs and goals and how and how their life unfolds or need, their needs evolve, um, we'll meet with our clients, you know, at, at least on an annual basis. Um, oftentimes, semi-annually, we don't have some clients that it's more on a quarterly basis. Um, some of them are going to be more in-depth meetings, and some of them are going to be quicker, but. Let's say we're doing a you know a complete review um, at least once a year. We want to look at what 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 does that look like? What should be the expectations? Um, what do we do as a holistic advising firm? And not only that, but using our strategic partnerships and referring them if we need to use them. Um, so it's looking at that, John. So let's talk a little bit about that too. If you are then you know trying to schedule. Um, and work with a client um, to do a review of their investments. We call them strategy and tactical meetings sometimes as well. Um, but what are we looking at, and what's the first launch point for that? Well, I think um, to, to for for someone listening into this, I think it's um, sometimes we don't want to get we don't want to get too far into the weeds of thinking we know something and assuming somebody listening to this knows it. So I, I think the first thing is the agenda itself. Right. I mean, I mean, the Mike, you and I have talked about this many, many different occasions, how important it is to have an agenda uh, so that 
the the family um, has their say and hey we're meeting with you we also have these things we have to cover so we we, we will we'll, we'll prepare an agenda but on that agenda is going to be your basic stuff your 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 what is happening on on all the different aspects of life, right? Is anything changed in your um, living style or, or where you live or anything like that? And if so, do we need to refer that to the strategic partnership with an attorney? Uh, has anything changed in your income or anything changed with your job? Or So there's the, there's the basic stuff that you go over that you want to update on every time. Now, now if you're meeting somebody yearly or, 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 or semi-annually or quarterly, those are going to be different in how you address those, right? I, I'll talk a little bit down the road as far as like what it looks like quarterly because um, that's a little more in-depth, but just on a generic one, at Every year, things we need to know. I guess I should say it that way, right? Correct. So, so look at it that way. So it, it is kind of funny because you can look at it through the advisor's eyes and you can look at it through the, the client's eyes as well. And so we kind of have to look through it both ways, mm-hmm. right? And so there's certain information that we need um, to make sure that we're uh, effectively and efficiently servicing the, the families that we serve, right? You know, So we want to make sure there's certain information that we need, and, and that's nice that you mentioned the agenda because sometimes that will just say, okay, this is the information that we would like to have, you know, during this right. meeting. Um, but more importantly, we also want to make sure that we have time for uh, the client's concerns and making sure where we are with the goals um, and objectives that they're, they're looking for. Right. Well, and I, and I, and I think there's also looking at that from the two hats, right. The, 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 from our side, there is stuff um, and, and, and you, the listener would, would, would I know would would understand this? There are certain things that we have to address, right? As a as a as a person that's helping someone with their finances, there's certain things, whether it's legally or whether it's just logically, that you need to know. Uh, uh, the example I used earlier on income: Has your income changed since the last time I talked to you? If it has, what does that change for our planning? Do you, are you do you have more income coming in or less income? Or I mean that, that just an, just a simple example. So I think that part of organization, there are certain things that we have to do, right? That, that, that we're required to do. And we don't need to go into a, a long discussion on the things we have to do, but, but that's kind of common sense, right? We need to ask about, um, income expenses, uh, um, what's changed in their life as far as their, their, you know, their beneficiaries, right? Is anything changed in their life as far as their loved ones, right? Is anything changed as far as their, whether it's, whether it's their, like I, I used the example before their living style or where they're living or, or are they thinking of changing something? Are they, did they want to pay off the house or do they want to downsize or do they, you know, all of those things I think are very common checking in things that we need, we would need to know about. Well, and, and we're dealing with different individuals too, you know, so people are working, right? And so if we're working, those that are working, we're, we're trying to accomplish this work optional lifestyle, you know, but those that are retired, they're also trying to look at, okay, not only do I have enough money, but am, am I, can I sleep at night that, that I, I'm not going to run out? You know, right. do I have enough money right. for the rest of our lives? So we're addressing, you know, different issues for different individuals. Um, but when we're looking at that, there's a couple of things that I think are, are very common, you know, and so... When you're setting up with a uh, doing a review with a client, I mean, two of the main focuses that that I'm looking at, besides the investments themselves, is is your income okay? Yep. Is your emergency money okay? Yeah, and, you, you, know? you have enough money on hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it, I think it's important to to I mean, obviously we're oversimplifying things, but especially in retirement, those are the two things that could that could derail you, right? Well, and those are the two things most emotional too, yeah. right? Those are the things you pay attention to the most. I mean. 
I don't want this to sound bad, but your money on a computer screen or in a, in a paper statement that might come to your house if you still do that, those, those things are, they're not necessarily tangible that you feel every day. Yes, it matters, but you're thinking that's more long-term. The money that's in your bank or credit union or your income that you get every month, that's tangible, physical, sleep at night comfort. So yeah, I, I, I love that point. That's actually, are you comfortable with where you're at? What has changed? What is, you know, and, and, and there's no exact answer. It's yeah. a feeling, right? Is that, is that, you know, if someone said, I'm going to use an, I'm going to use a number. If someone said, Hey, I want to have, I don't know, $10,000 in the bank and they have 9,500, you can't say, oh, well, you got to have $500 more because this is the way. You have to talk to them and say, well, what's your feeling? How are you at? Oh, geez, you know, I got something coming up in the future that I have another expense. This is this is way too low. Even though it's close, it's way too low. I need more money. Or no, 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 I have a, I have a, a, a check coming in that's going to put me over that dollar amount. I'm feeling great. Don't worry about it, right? So there's a feeling that you have to have in that in that review. Yeah, well, and not only not only that, but even when you like you talked about you with their emergency money is there may be an expense coming up, you know, and so how do we plan for that? Right, and do we plan for it this year? So so let's let's flip that a little bit as well when we're doing some of the planning processes of that. We not only so let's say they have an expense and they need twenty thousand dollars, they want to buy a car and they want to pay cash for it. You know, does it make sense to pay cash for it? First of all, right, you know, or finance it. Um, or what are the tax implications of sure. doing stuff like that? So well, why don't I, we talk a little bit about that, John? And, and so so I'm going to dovetail that into the conversation as far as there are families um, that you may work with that, that would be more considered, um, they're at a stage in life where things are pretty consistent. They're not changing a whole lot there. And so you don't need a in-depth planning conversation, but let's use a, let's use families that are more newer to retirement, right? That this is a a learned behavior. They're figuring things out. And, and, and so a lot of times we will meet with people quarterly in that, in that phase of life. And so kind of in the first quarter, you know, of the year, that's one of the things we talk about is what is the budget look like for this year? Do you have stuff that you know of? Uh, um, are you planning on taking a big trip? Are you planning on having a big expense? Are you planning on, and, and as we look at that conversation, Mike, that's really important to know in advance. And we try and, we try and remind people of this, the more time we have in advance to know, emergencies always happen, but the more time we have in advance to know, the easier it is to plan for what you just mentioned. How do we minimize taxes, right? If you said to me, hey, I need X number of dollars and I need it by tomorrow, well, that might be difficult to try and figure out, well, what's the best tax plan? But if you said, hey, I know I need X number of dollars in the third quarter of the year, it's much easier to say, well, here's how we're going to plan for that. Here's how we're going to harvest that money. Here's how we're going to make sure you're not selling something at a loss or make sure you're not paying more than your fair share in taxes if we have that time to plan. So we will a lot of times from a, from a review standpoint, um, certainly if we're doing it quarterly, we try and do it with every family that we're meeting at that time in the beginning part of the year. If it's just a, a client we're meeting, we're still going to ask that question in advance every time we meet with them to know if they have something coming up so we can budget for it. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, again, we're oversimplifying that, but those are the big things. Do I have enough money or for whatever expenses are coming up there and plus the income? Um, but it does become important, though, the tax impact of that, sure. too. So let's talk a little bit about that because that's that's some of the things we see oftentimes missing um, when we're we're dealing with the families that we do onboard to our firm is that they may not got some of that the the, the tax planning or the tax advice that they should get. And with our strategic partnerships, we do have um, accountants and, and CPAs, and they oftentimes even will, will um, 
you know, file disclosures or have written agreements that we can have open communication between us so that they have the ability to get that, um, the correct tax advice because John and I were not the CPAs, you know, so we don't give that specific advice, but we have individuals on staff that can do that. Um, in that example, so let's say they did need twenty or thirty thousand dollars, you know, it may make sense to say, okay, you know what, let's take ten or fifteen thousand this year, and let's wait till January to take that extra ten or fifteen thousand dollars and spread that tax burden over two tax years. So then now we're not paying in a higher tax bracket. So there's a lot of small. Uh, tax type stuff that we can do as well. So let's let's look at that, John. So what are some of the other tax um, things that you run into um, that or that you should be addressing when you're dealing with clients? Well, it's 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 interesting because the I'm not going to quote the exact statistics, but there's not a number of different studies that talk about what people are thinking they're they're doing with taxes and what's actually happening, right? So so the the understanding of of what they, oh, I'm doing this, I'm utilizing this money and not realizing what the tax implication might be at the later point in the year. So I think a lot of the things you're looking at from that is what's our, what, what tax bracket are we going to fall into? What are we budgeting for income? Um, if you have, if you have, uh, um, so much money per year that we know is coming from social security, or if they're, if you're fortunate enough to have a pension or if you're taking, you know, if you're still working or whatnot, what's our income probably going to look like for the year and where do we think that's going to fit and, and, and factoring in what outside tax investments we might have what what interest or dividends we might be able to kind of forecast what money's in the in the bank or credit union generating interest so we kind of look at where we think we're going to be from a from an income standpoint and and, and what tax bracket are we falling into and 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 then we we kind of try and forecast well yes if you go ahead and buy this this rv this year it's going to put you in this higher tax bracket. But if you get the RV, but you also take a payment on it and we pay part of it this year and part of it next year, we've split the money you're withdrawing over two tax years and we're staying in a lower tax bracket, right? So that would be just a a high level example of something we're trying to look at when we're talking about that usage of money. Well, and I think that's a lot of it, especially when you're dealing with some of these retirement funds, you know, that people, most people will will utilize. But I think you you hit on a point that I want to stress as well is, um, the after-tax money is becoming a sure. bigger concern nowadays, and for a couple of different reasons. One of them is a good reason: the interest rates have increased. What? And it, you said after-tax money. You mean you you mean money that 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 might be like in a bank, for example, sure. or it might be in a brokerage account after-tax. You so it's not pre-tax money like IRAs or qualified money. And thank you for for clarifying that, John. So this is after-tax money that you've already paid your taxes on, and so. You know, oftentimes in the banks, you weren't earning interest anymore, you know, and now people are getting, you know, money markets at over uh, 4% and even more, even higher sometimes and some CD rates that we're seeing over 5% right now. But this is taxed at ordinary income, you know, and so it's your highest marginal tax rate. And so oftentimes, you know, even though the, the interest is great, is that the right place? And it could be, you know, I'm not saying it's not, but is there, is there better places that's not going to be taxed as high or that could throw their tax bracket out of whack, especially if they're on a, ta- if they're on a fixed income. So now they're taking money out of their pension income or their social security to pay tax- taxes on money that, 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 are, that are not using. Well, and, and, and I think what you just said, the last, the last part you took right there is really interesting that people sometimes um, don't, don't realize Yes, I earned interest on some money in the bank, but the reason it's sitting in the bank is because it was emergency money or investment or savings money that I'm not currently using. So really that I think is a, is a, is a key point when we review with people is, 
are we somehow or or inadvertently, I guess I should say, are we inadvertently paying taxes on money we're not using? And is that causing an additional problem somewhere else in this holistic plan? So I think that's a great, great point, Mike. Yeah, and I think so that's just one aspect of the tax planning. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the tax planning we see on an annual basis because it's an ongoing process, tax planning. It's not just one and done, right? Well, I think you're looking... It's part of the 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 planning process. It's part of the relationship you have with a with a with a family where you're going to you're looking at two spots. You don't want to pay more than your fair share taxes in that year, but you also don't want to pay more than your fair share tax fair share of taxes in your lifetime. So those two sometimes might not be an exact lineup, right? Paying less this year might cause me to pay more in the future. But paying more this year might cause me to pay less in the future. So we have to have that conversation as far as what's your current footprint and and what might it forecast to be in the future. Uh, uh, An easy example is the tax brackets change between uh, a married couple and, and the surviving widower. Right, those tax brackets change. So that might be something we might be having a conversation about and forecasting in in our reviews. Well, and not only that. Um, because of the, well, especially we have at least some lower tax brackets for the next couple of years only. Um, and, but, you know, look at Roth conversions, for example, you know, some people, especially some people that are retired, you said earlier, does it make sense to pay a little bit more taxes now to save taxes throughout our lifetime? And there's some pretty, um, specific, unique software that can kind of show and, sh- and kind of illustrate well, uh, potential savings for over your lifetime for using some of those strategies. And, and again, again, let's 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 bring back the the focus on this. Probably five or ten years ago, if you said Roth conversion, the average person would say, listening to this, might say, "What what what are you talking what about?" Is it? Yes. Nowadays, we see so many more people have heard of it or have seen it. So many more actual companies have Roth 401ks or access. And so most people have the understanding that a Roth K is, is, is tax-free money. The key on this is that um, if you're if you're creating or putting money, converting money into a Roth IRA, after five years, the, even the growth is tax-free. And so when you utilize that money, it doesn't, doesn't hit on your tax burden that year. So, and, and, and then beyond um, even current law right now, post death, there's 10 years that that account wouldn't cause taxable burden to the, to the beneficiary, to the heir. Um, it, it, but I think what we need to keep in mind in that conversation is why that's such a big part of planning right now is the survivor, right? If, if, if you, if you think about it, it when, when you have a married couple and then you have the widower, the, the, the income, this is great planning on the United States, whether it's the ERISA changes back in 1974 for pension law or whether it's the advent of the 401k going to, to spouses when someone passes away. Generally, we might see a change in income, but good good planning addresses that, right? right? So a spouse passes away, we want that to be seamless where they don't lose income, where they're, where they're not going to run out of money, where they're still going to be okay with, with finances. But what we often forget of is, well, you're good on finances. You were making, I'm going to pull a number out of the air, Mike. You were making $5,000 a year when when Bob and Betty, right? We just random names of people. And, and one of them passes away, the survivor then, we've figured out a way to have the same income. And that sounds wonderful, and it is for sleep at night, but what did that do to the tax burden? That's, that's where you're talking about the idea of maybe doing some conversions and creating tax-free income because... 
if you still have 5000 and you still owe all the taxes on it, as a married couple, it's a, it's a lower tax bracket than as a, a single or widowed person. So that's why I think that's so important to mention. Well, and I think, obviously, we're, we're getting into the weeds a little bit, but almost purposefully because of the fact that when you're dealing with a review of their investments. It's not just investments anymore, John, is it? You know, no, it, you're looking at, at everything. There's very specific individualized planning. And that's why a lot of people do hire us to begin with is, and the families that we work with love the fact that we can look at that and not only that, navigate that. So if, 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 if a spouse does pass away, which is a horrendous experience for the client, they don't have to worry about the financial part of it or the estate part of it that we deal with, with referrals to the attorneys. It's a burden lifted off them. Um, and like you said, uh, almost like a fr- breath of fresh air sometimes. They can right, breathe right. and sleep at night to, to make sure that stuff is taken care of. So so the tax impact, not only now, but for the rest of their lives, we can kind of look at that and make sure that uh, you know we're paying minimal taxes, especially in retirement. You know, when you're working, sometimes you can't control that as much, sure. you know, sometimes you can, but you know, but, sure. but for the most part, um, you know, your income is going to be taxed anyways. Um, but oftentimes bridging that gap from retirement age, oftentimes to that the date that you have to start taking your required minimum distributions. Well, and, and, and I think as you talk about that, we, we use this kind of as a fun way. It's not, a, it's not an exact science, but we use this kind of as a fun way to mention this to people. When you're working, then you get into this retirement phase that you kind of have different phases of retirement, right? You have your, your go-go years where I'm yep. spending money and I'm doing stuff and I'm having fun. Then you have your slower go years, right? Where, where maybe there's an ailment or maybe we, 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 we're, we're more homebound because of uh, the grandkids are older and we need to be at their activities or I'm just using an example. And then you have what we generically, you know, we, we kind of from, from a fun way, we say we go-go, slow-go, and then no-go. And, and, and how that changes and what that does to, to the tax implication. I think, I think if, we, if we keep that conversation in mind, it's not just the taxes, but we're talking about reviews. When we go from go-go, slow-go to no-go, a lot of times as we get to that later stage in life, we do see we do see a changeover. We had to budget for a spouse passing or something happening. That's where in a review we also talk about the beneficiaries, and we bring that conversation up. We talk about that on a regular basis. So I think that is something – Finances we've kind of glossed over because we 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 that's a that's a kind of an understood right. Yeah. But we talked about it a lot from the sleep at night. How much emergency money do you have? How much income do you have? That's a good feeling. Then we talk about the tax planning because we're trying to make sure we're going to be in great situation going forward. We also have to make sure we talk about the beneficiaries, right? Because we've seen that a lot of times. Sometimes there's conflicting beneficiaries by accident, right? When I was first started my job 40 years ago, I, I, I was married and I put my spouse as the, as the beneficiary of my life insurance, but I never went back and updated it as I've had kids or as those kids have had kids, right? So beneficiaries is a really important conversation. Wouldn't you agree? That's, that's actually a very good point as well, because not only that, but, you know, of course there's blended families nowadays. You know, we, sure. we've actually seen... You know, individuals have ex-wives on their company plans because they, they never changed it from when they first started. So a, a beneficiary review, I think, is is critical. And that's one of the things that we always implement when we um, do our annual, our full, you know, main annual review with our clients. So that becomes important. So then let's talk a little bit then, John, about, about the investments themselves, you know, because we, we did gloss over that, but there's certain things we have to look at. So one of the things we have to look at is number one, are you, you know, are you getting the return versus the risk you're taking? Sure. Okay. 
um, but also analyzing some of these things. Now, we're not a firm usually that's going to go analyze every single investment every single year because sometimes that, you know, it gets overanalyzed. And then, of course, you make changes and then you were you were better off where you're at. Right. But over a couple of years, you or you know, three to five years, even sometimes you may have a, a little idea. But I think most importantly, John, is the technology has increased so dramatically. The information that can get to the retail investor that wasn't even available five and 10 years ago now is available. So um, and we just have more choices and more things as an independent advisory firm. There's many, many, many more choices out there. So oftentimes after a few years, we're analyzing the investments and making sure they're in the right place. Well, and, and, and what you just said there, on the right place, if you've, if you've listened to this podcast all the way through, you've heard our earlier episodes, you've heard us talk about the bucket plan, and you've heard us reference that point, our conversational way of talking about different types of money, now money, soon money, later money, to try and use it as a good visual for people uh, to feel confident in where their money's at. And so a lot of times when we're doing that review on the finances, you might be looking at an investment and, and Mike, you might look and say, this performance might not seem as good as everything else, but this is your soon bucket money. So here's why it did so well. Yes, I know you didn't double it overnight, but you also didn't take a lot of risk with it maybe. You know, it fit in this category. So a lot of times when looking at the finances, it's also, you just said uh, when you were mentioning it, in the place of where it's at, right? Yes. How, how does it fit? And I ask you the question, I know I, I just generically, if I was going to double my money overnight, would I rather do it in a Roth IRA or do it in a traditional IRA, right? I mean, the place of where that money is and how the investment lays out. I'd much rather have tax-free money doubled versus still owing taxes on that, right? Yeah, so They talk a lot about, and in general, you know, this, this industry, and not to be the, the cliche part of it, but it's this asset allocation. And, and really, even though we do some of the asset allocation models, it's really not about the asset allocation as much as about the asset location. Yes. You know, and point. so when you're looking at that, you're like you're done with saying, is it tax free? Is it taxable? Is it after is it pre-tax dollars? And and making sure that you have the right investments in the right location, not only the right um, asset allocation. Sure. I think though, Mike, if I if I were to look at this and 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 there's so much more, as always, with any episode, there's so much more we can go in depth on these different subjects. One of the things that I think is really more, um, it's becoming more prevalent now. It, it, it's as our society ages a little bit. So, so we talk about the finances. We talk about the sleep at night money. We talk about the, the, the budgeting, et cetera. We talk about um, all the holistic side. Do we need to refer you out to somebody because something has changed? Uh, we talk about the tax planning conversation, the tax management or tax efficiency conversations. We talk about the beneficiaries and then the finances themselves, the placement or whatnot. One of the other things when we are kind of wrapping up is kind of that exciting thing. We talk a lot about what's our giving strategy? Are we philanthropic? Are we talking about um, maybe some some charitable giving or donor advising, uh, things of that nature? That's a conversation that maybe hasn't been as popular or as prevalent in years past. But as our population has aged and, and, and people have done well and people have good plans, they're looking saying, I can't take this money with me. I have to talk about that as well. So that is something that we we filtered in now to our our reviews that we talk about quite you know quite often. Well, and, and that's very topical just because of the tax cuts and jobs acts of of 2017. They increased the standard of deduction so big that a lot of people were not getting their charitable deductions anymore. Okay, and so um, it's been good obviously because we have a bigger deduction. But then it's it stopped a lot of the, some of the charitable giving out there because they weren't getting their deductions. So there are ways to do that that a lot of people are. are 
are not aware of, and it might be just using qualified charitable deductions through their their retirement accounts. Um, like you said, some some donor advised funds, and just just to kind of give you an example, is you just make one bigger donation in one tax year, so you can get that deduction, and then you can still spread out your giving over several years. But then you have that advantage potentially of getting that bigger deduction as well. So it's utilizing some of those individual strategies. I think that's a really good point too. Well, and I, and I think it does kind of dovetail into the tax planning, but it is, it's kind of separate because they're, they're, if you just came out of the blue with that idea, sometimes people are going to, I don't necessarily say they feel bad, but a lot of times people will be kind of, wait a minute, I don't give that much money. I don't fit in that category. And when you explain how it fits in, people say, oh, wait a minute, no, I am giving to my church, or I do donate to the the grandkids' schools, or I do do these things, and therefore it does fit into the bigger picture. But it is part of that conversation. You're seeing more and more people. Again, I can't take it with me, and I'm not at this stage of life. If if I've done good planning, if I've worked with you, Mike, as, as, as on a holistic team, you've confirmed to me I'm not running out of money in my lifetime. Yeah, I want to. I want to dictate a little bit where this goes. I'd like to be more helpful. And maybe I'd like to see that help happen during my lifetime versus after I'm gone, right? Maybe I don't care that you named a park bench after me after I'm gone, even though that might be wonderful, but maybe I'd like to see you give that money to a charity that I can see uses it while I'm alive. Well, and not only that, sometimes it's giving to family and, and, you know, whether it's educational funds for grandchildren that could be tax advantage as well. Um, But you know, sometimes they're in a specific position, we have a great plan, and then they may have lost a parent or a grandparent, and now they're in a different tax bracket. And so then the giving becomes a big, big, bigger concern too, not only because they've been blessed with some of this inheritance, but more importantly, you know, they might've been in a different tax bracket or to help other individuals um, with their blessings because they may not need the money, you know, quite frankly, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think on that part, um, I think to bring it kind of back to a to a close on this, I, I think the key the thing to keep in mind is is when we do a review, what we're looking for in this conversation is whether it's it's once or twice a year, whether it's quarterly. To be honest, Mike, we have some families that we meet monthly when they first retire. Seemingly, you know, you meet on a regular basis till they get comfortable. When you do those reviews. What you want from our side is there's certain things we have to talk about or have conversation about or check in on to verify that things are going properly. From a, from the listener, from the, the prospective client, from the family, what you want them to have a feeling of is I'm meeting with Mike and he's going to listen to me. I'm going to say whatever I need and Mike's going to go ahead and work that for me, right? Mike is going to be there taking notes and I'm going to say, Mike, hey, we've decided we want to do this for our granddaughter. We want to do this for our grandson. And you're going to say, fantastic. I'm going to organize that plan and and, and tell you how we're going to do it. And that's really what we think a a yin and yang is with this this review, why it's so important. Well, John, a lot of it is whether you're working or whether they're retired is, am I on track? And what what does that track look like? You know, am I on track to be able to still enjoy my lifestyle if I'm retired, but if I'm working, am I on track to retire? And as they get to get closer to retirement, reallocating some of those assets so that, you know, that they're not retiring in in the 2008s of the world, sure, you know, where sure. the market just crashed and then they can't retire. So it's just making sure we're making the necessary adjustments throughout their um, working lifetime or retired lifetime to accomplish whatever they need to. Let's talk about holistic happening. So again, this is a segment that we talk about. We 
we run into um, clients on you know obviously a daily basis, and and some are more significant than others. When we when I say significant, it's just more maybe a, a life change or or something that may have happened. But um, there are certain things we will, we run into on a regular basis. Sometimes it's it's very unique. We wanted to be more topical about what we're talking about today. So John, just what have you ran into? Let's say in the in the holistic. Uh, planning world, or um, just give you some examples of some of the stuff that you run into on a regular basis, either either one, but just give us some examples of, of some of the holistic stuff that you've uh, encountered. We ran into a situation that I'm going to talk about generically, and it was it, it, it's that um, the question was asked, hey, what if we would like to uh, buy a second home? And the idea, the retirement idea, whether, again, we're broadcasting or we're recording this in, in, in Southeast Michigan. So Michigan, you have the term up north, right? So, so, so if they want to buy a place up north or, or a lot of times you'll see people from Michigan that'll winter someplace else, Florida or Arizona, Alabama, what, what, you know, Tennessee, what, what, whatever the place may be. So we, we, that has come up in our situation a lot recently where people are asking a generic question of, Hey, we'd like to do something else. And we'd like to, whether what, you know, a second property or, or relocation. And so that's one of the things that we see a lot is how do we do that? And and so again, holistically, do they need uh, help finding a place? Well, normally most people don't need that. They know where they're going to go and they know what they want. And, and, and so that's not really our expertise anyway. So we, we kind of ask, you know, have you found the place or have you inter- interviewed somebody to, to help you like a, a real estate person or whatnot? So let's assume they, they found a place. You know, how are we going to fund this place? Are we, are we getting a mortgage? Are we harvesting cash from your investments? Are we, are we doing it over a couple of years and we're harvesting cash over a five-year period to pay it off? Or are we, are we paying up front? Are you selling your existing property, right? So the conversations are going to come about as far as the, 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 the purchase of the property. Um, when we have the property, the conversations are going to come about as far as um, we might need to refer over to the to the attorney. Do we have to change our estate plan? Because now you own something that you didn't own. Your estate plan should probably be aware of that. Is or the deed in in the estate plan. In the estate I mean, plan, yeah, exactly. right? Yep. Right. Um, we might refer them over to insurance people. Hey, you now have a new place. Do we have the proper amount of coverage and, and protection? Yeah. You, you you had lower liability coverage on your house here, but you need a bigger one on this other place because you're now living on the water and you're going to have a boat with it. That's a bigger risk, right? Well, and, and now, unfortunately, obviously, what's been happening in this in this world with whatever it may be, climate change or whatever, but that's the the, the hurricanes or flood. Sure. You know, certain places they don't even you can't even get insurance sure. on some of sure. these things. You know, so it's uh, you do have to consider that, unfortunately. And, and that might be a referral to another person that that might be under the umbrella from from the holistic side. And, and then you're also going to look at it from from the. The, the tax conversation as well. Hey, are, are you living in the same state? Which, are you living in a different state that might be a different tax situation? Which one is your primary residence versus your, your, your secondary or your vacation residence? That factors into taxes. Um, are you keeping both property? You know, so all of those things come under that holistic happenings umbrella. And it might not be when we this episode we've been talking about reviews, it might not be specifically at a review point that you find out about this. This might be, hey, we got a call one day during the week from a from a family that said, hey, we're thinking of this, right? So it might not be a specific targeted time when they think about it in their lives. It might just be, 
We were driving down the street. We saw this place. We want it, right? Yeah. So, so those are the generic things that is that logical or emotional? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But from a, a holistic standpoint, that's really where our teams come into play. Our company comes into play. That's what we want to talk to you about. We want to be there for that conversation. Let's bring in all of those people under the umbrella that might come into that purview. There's a couple different taxes that we have to consider. We have to consider income taxes and property taxes sure. when it comes down to that. So why don't you talk a little bit about the, the impact on, on both of those things? Property tax, I think, is an, is an easier answer, right? Because it's, it's, you know, where are we at? Where are we domiciled? What's going on in that, in that situation? So property tax is, is a little different depending on where your, where your situation is, but, but, but the income tax is the one that has more nuance to it, I guess I should say. Okay. Right. Right. Because they both would have this, but, but your, your income tax, Michigan right now, the state of Michigan has what 4.05 technically this year, state of Michigan tax. Whereas, I don't know, let's, let's just pick a sample state, Florida, doesn't have an income prop. Or Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee, right? So so the state income tax might might be different based on based on where you're living. And my understanding, six months in a day is is residency for a lot of states, mm -hmm. right? So and and not being exact on that, I know there's examples that we can change. But if I'm in Michigan, then I'm paying an income tax of this year four point zero five, whereas if I'm in Florida, I'm not. So, so on income tax, the property tax, the nuance is a little bit of your primary residence versus your your uh, if it's a vacation residence or where you're listed in the, in that regard. And so, yeah, your homestead, you usually get a better tax advantage than uh, a vacation property. So, obviously, it depends on the the, the millages and, and all the other sure, stuff as sure. well. But sometimes, if one property is more significantly appreciated than the other. And then oftentimes you, you want to look at what your tax base would be and what the homestead versus vacation home might sure. be. So that's, you know, that's not going to be your, your primary um, consideration, but it is a consideration. And sometimes it can save you a, a few thousand dollars a year if you set it up properly. Well, and why it's so important, Mike, is that I don't want this to sound to sound like uh, we're patting ourselves on the back, but the, the, the purpose of the holistic happenings in, in, in these episodes is something that is off the cuff. It's something that we we talk about without a whole lot of planning. And, and you can hear that both of us just had a number of different conversation points. Again, because we see this 10, 15, 20 times in any given week, most people that are listening to this, if you're going to buy a, a another property, you're probably only doing that once in your life, right? You're probably not getting practiced at buying properties. And, and if you are, it's a different conversation, but most people you know, how many vacation homes are you going to buy in your lifetime? Uh, and so having a, uh, having a team behind you, having a company behind you that is familiar with the things to, we may, again, we may not be the expert in that subject matter. We may have to refer you to a strategic partnership and, and, and we may be able to sit in with you, or we may be able to do that legwork for you, but that's part of our, 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 our benefit to you is that conversation. Yeah. And, and, and so having that expertise and you know we talk about before you know we we've helped as a firm thousands of people retire over their their lifetime and and you know so these are decisions that we we see you know every single day um we have advisors in our firm that that that, that see that on a daily basis that now you again you make one decision but we now have the the expertise with our wealth management teams and with the strategic partnerships that we have absolutely. to be able to help make that and make it an easy decision, not, you know, not as difficult as it may seem. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think that's a good example for, for today. I think it's a generic enough um, thing that we see very, very often, yeah. right? It is actually a part of life is kind of 
whether it's I'm staying, can I age in my home? We ask that when we meet a person, can you age in your home? And maybe it's because they're downsizing or maybe it is a second property or, you know, or, or a vacation place or whatnot. Um, if you do want to get a hold of us, our website is fsa1.com. Um, and our number is 1-800-977-9292. I'm Mike Wallace. I am John Sauger. Have a great day. Insurance products are offered through the Insurance Business Financial Services of America. Financial Services of America is also a financial services practice that offers securities products and services through AE Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. FSA is also an investment advisory practice that offers investment advisory products and services through Financial Services of America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. AEFS and FSAA do not offer insurance products. The insurance products offered by FSA are not subject to regulatory requirements and standards of care applicable to registered representatives and are not subject to investment advisory requirements. AEFS, FSAA, and FSA are not affiliated companies. Any and all other services referenced are an outside business activity not offered through or supervised by AE Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, or Financial Services of America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. AEFS and FSAA and any other entities are all separate and not affiliated entities. FSA advisors may refer you to local CPAs for tax services, including our business partnership with FSA Tax and Accounting and attorneys for estate planning services, including our strategic partnership with Benjamin T. Vader PLLC, if needed, to coordinate and collaborate with you and your advisor on your holistic financial plan with proper written authorization. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as a sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. FSAA and AEFS are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by FSAA and AEFS. Please remember that converting an employer plan account to a Roth IRA is a taxable event. Increased taxable income from the Roth IRA conversion may have several consequences, including but not limited to a need for additional tax withholding or estimated tax payments, the loss of certain tax deductions and credits, and higher taxes on Social Security benefits and higher Medicare premiums. Be sure to consult with a qualified tax advisor before making any decisions regarding your IRA. Case number 317-4655, October 2023.